The Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. A transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz... Come strong, but don't come at all. We are coming strong with this edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com because, gentlemen, we've got bowl eligibility to talk about. Woo, woo, woo. Bowls. Bowls. Longhorn fans, <laughs> don't, be, don't be ashamed of celebrating being bowl eligible. This is a good thing. I, Yo, I still see some people like, ah, well, why are we celebrating going to a bowl? No, be happy. You haven't been be to happy, a bowl man. in two years. It's not like you want to brag about it, but it's good. And I don't even know if it's 2014 right really direction. counted, but this counts. <laughs> Texas is bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. With the win over West Virginia, 28-14, we're going to talk about that when we'll talk about the post Thanksgiving Day edition of the Texas Tech rivalry, the Black Friday edition of Texas I like football. That. As he said, he was a part of the Texas Texas A&M rivalry also uh, when he was a member of the Detroit Lions playing on Turkey Day. Uh, but before he was a member of the Detroit Lions, he was a he is a lifetime Longhorn. Right, he baby. was a 2002 UT All-American, a 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth round draft choice of those of the New York Giants actually back in the uh, back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. Uh, we don't talk about what happened after that, but when he was done with football, <laughs> got himself back to the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. If he had his T-ring, he would wear it proudly. He is a card-carrying member of DBU. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rob Babers. Thank you, and, brother, uh, for the intro. Rob B., uh, before we get down to the nitty-gritty of games, we got to talk some business, and that mm-hmm. is Deshaun Elliott is a finalist. That's right, baby. The Big Jim time. Thorpe Award. Give it up. Yeah. Rod, the players yeah. have been reluctant to say Good it call they, with you too. because they haven't That's earned right. it. Uh, you said probably after, I don't know, maybe it was the USC game or the Oklahoma game, you said DBU is back. You can They can talk about it again. Yeah, I uh, mean. When, when you get a Thorpe Award finalist, can you talk about being DBU? Hell, again? there have only been how many? Four finalists in the history well, of he's DBU? He's the fifth. He's the fifth, so there have been four prior to this. So, yeah, I mean, come on, Quentin Jammer, Earl Thomas, A. Ross, and Health Daddy obviously won theirs. At, you know what I mean? So I, I think it's I think it's unbelievable. I think it's, uh, it's a great story, too, considering the guy who initially started the, or at least the movement to say, no, we haven't earned the right. We don't live up to the standard. We're playing like DB Who out there. We don't want to use it. We got to focus. And he focused in. And he was the leader. He led by example. That's That story is, is, is an unbelievable story. That's the guy who was talking it and then talked to talk and then walked to walk. And then That's when what you DB just was about. mentioned those four, they had four finalists before, and you go through the ones that have won it or Come the Oral Tom or the Jam. It's like, when you think about that, that's like, well, that could be a Mount Rushmore in some people's opinions. And now you are pretty putting much. yourself in that thing. rarefied air with Man. them is pretty impressive. Yeah, I think he's gone, too. I think he's oh, I, yeah. I think he should. And now people were like, oh, he shouldn't leave. And I was like, man, he should leave. And I'll tell you why. Not, and not that he's not a great player. And he's, he's, I, he couldn't come back and have a great season. But, you know, I know Todd Orlando recently said he's going to stay. And we'll get into that, too. But Malik Jefferson was having a great year. He may leave. We don't know. Puna Ford is definitely, obviously, leaving because he's a senior. Mm-hmm. Um, Houghton Hill, we don't know his status. My my thing is, four I mean, of those. Hill's gone, by the way. Yeah, I think yeah. he is, too. Four of those six picks, they were tip balls. I mean, and not mm-hmm. saying you can't get that again, but you know probabilities. Yes. And odds, and he will, and a lot of times, go look at those things. He's like, uh, he just, uh, uh, yeah. It, it's, it's, man. I, I think he should take advantage of that lottery ticket, cash it in while he's got it. You come back. There are a lot of other things that could go wrong that may not work in your favor. You know, people say, oh, he's only a second rounder right now, or something like that, late second round. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's and? perfect. Like, what are you talking about? It's yes, guaranteed. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's guaranteed money there. Talking about a safety, do, getting that, man. I, yeah, I don't understand what people are talking about. Like, he shouldn't leave. Oh, I think he should, but yeah. we'll see. And you bring up, you know, just the probabilities when you talk about, we talk about, uh, you know, what indicates turnovers a lot of the time. And people were saying, you know, you really can't predict them, but you can when you look at pressures. And that's what you're indicating there, that if, say, Texas isn't able to get pressure as well this year, then those type of tip situations really don't come because a ball isn't going to be thrown. Because if you get pressure, it's either on the defensive schedule, so you know where the ball's going, and you sort of can think and put yourself in the right situation. There's a lot of that for him. There's a lot of that. Or it just totally gets there. And 
then actually affects the ball, and then it just depends on where yeah. you're at. Yeah, it's interesting when you think about Deshaun Elliott's decision. You look back. It's interesting though, but I'm I'm with you. I'm more with you, right? I think when you have a year where you've got the production Deshaun Elliott had, yeah. it's hard not to look at that and look at that as a lottery ticket. Man, is my stock ever going to be higher than it is right now? You know, but like you said, that's a great point. You can come back and you can prove that you can do even more things and maybe lift your draft stock a little bit more. My thing is, I want guys to get paid for their reps. Get paid for your reps as soon as possible. We'll talk about Connor Williams, how he came back, made himself a whole lot of money. All right, versus yeah. West Virginia. I, if his, if it was possible for his draft stock to go up, I think it did go up a little bit there, <laughs> considering there is a shortage in the NFL of really good offensive linemen. They're, they're talking about a crisis right now mm-hmm. in the league of lack of offensive line talent. So I, I think he can make a lot of money too. That's another guy that could leave. But anyway, my, getting back to defense, I agree. He could, could come back and still keep his draft stock the same, or even make it, you know get it higher. I think right now you just cash that lottery ticket and you you, you go to the league and get paid for reps. That's yeah, because I mean right now you look at Deshaun and like you said there is a chance he can go up but whenever you're talking about a guy that's already a guaranteed draft pick and like you're saying I mean you look just last weekend and when we see those guys it's a peer of Deshaun a guy older than him De- Deontay Foreman if he comes back to Texas who knows if he tears his Achilles here or there and it just shows that anything can happen I mean Alex Great Okafor point. last weekend Great and point. Deontay both had Achilles I was watching when Deontay's happened live I yeah. literally thought he Bo Jackson himself because he was blasting through a tackle. a tackle and you didn't know what hurt but you knew he was writhing it was like I've never seen that guy like that like yeah. that type, you got to go and catch that right now if you're guaranteed and yeah. if you're a borderline maybe first round draft pick if you work out well or worst case scenario you're still a first day dude that's guaranteed money almost if you can get in the first round so go I agree. Yeah, that. I, that's a great point I, about Deontay. Yeah, nah. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, I think it's more likely than not that Deshaun Elliott's gone. And we'll talk about what that means for this go. defense. Go. But let's start with the defense, guys. When we talk about this Texas West Virginia game, and I wrote about this. You know, Bobby Burton was out, had, had a, some family stuff he had to take care of, so I was in charge of doing snap judgments on the site this week. I didn't go to Morgantown, so it's a rare game where I got to watch it from my living room, so I can pause and rewind and that's, and that's the best thing. way to do it. And yeah. from the moment it happened and watching the game play out, my immediate big big takeaway from that game was Brandon Jones makes a play that probably saves the season for this team and it's everything that Tom Herman's been talking about that we've been questioning in terms of have the players checked out are guys really bought into it? well or, you know or, or, is, is this what's keeping this team from going in the tank why is this team still giving you fanatical effort and it wasn't a, a special over-the-top just physical freaky play Brandon Jones made Rod it's just doing your job trying to yep. beat a guy to the pylon and it just so happens that that a team that hasn't been able to buy a break all year in one fell swoop just because of a hustle play by Brandon Jones, you get a fumble, a touchback, and Will Greer breaks his finger and is out for the rest of the game. Yeah. Just so one play can switch. That was the biggest just, play of the game. Just yeah. one play by a guy not doing anything other than just running his tail off trying to make a play. And getting a big stop on the down before. I mean, you had, that, there had been a lot of effort to try to score the offense. If you had not been able to stop them on just one play, how much different the whole future is. It's sort of like our conversation last week how much different is Rod's future if one thing different yeah. happens on a Saturday and then we see where that game goes and now this team's bowl eligible it's just an awesome thing to see that then the response in this team the one thing that surprised me it's after we've looked at it because I was talking with my dad and we were looking at the record and it was like oh well where we are we better than we expected it's like no but then when you look at each game well after Maryland really exceeded expectations against USC against OU against Oklahoma State against West Virginia if I'm like if we're exceeding our expectations in those games. Yes, it is a bummer that you didn't result in a win until the very end in one of those, but you're beating the teams you're supposed to beat, and you're exceeding expectations when you're an underdog. Ever since the first half of Maryland, when you crapped the bed, it was sort of like this team woke up then and I think has played really focused football for a while. They haven't executed maybe so well. They're young. They make mistakes, but they've actually been impressive in all those games against tough competition. No, now that they are bowl eligible, you can start to have the discussion like man, and, and you can't make excuses for this team, and you didn't want to make excuses the entire season because right. if they didn't make a bowl game, then that means there was no progress, and we all agreed the season would be deemed a failure if they didn't make a bowl game at least. Yeah. Um. But now, man, even looking at that game versus West Virginia, they have Connor Williams. He comes back. He's the you know he's that guy. He can he's the foundation now of that offensive line. He comes back. He uplifts the entire the entire offensive line. Right. They only gave up what three tackles for loss. They had zero sacks mm-hmm. in that game. I mean, that offensive line was bad. A when he was gone. He comes back, and they play now competent level. So that's how good he is. But then you lose Patrick Vahe, the only guy on that offensive line who had started every game. Right. That's the, lo- <laughs> that's the no long one season in <laughs> a nutshell. 
eggshell, <laughs> right? It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's exactly like what to, we can have happen. Right? Happen. It's like trying to climb a wall of ice. I mean, so we can start having that. And I'm not trying to make excuses for him, no, but perfect. that's been the case for him. Cade Brewer, right? Yep. We found out, oh, he's got a torn ACL. He's gonna be, he's out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll give them credit because <laughs> they, Hill they, what suspended? Yeah, they, they just find exactly Holton Hill the suspension. <laughs> I right? don't know. Deshaun Elliott's uh, finalist for the throwboard. Oh, oh yeah, he lost your best cover corner. It's been one of those types of years for the Longhorns, but I'll give Tom Herman credit because he actually kept the the ship afloat. Like there were plenty of ways this mm-hmm. thing could have went south. We can go through like three or four points in the season where it's Having like you just brought up the Maryland thing. Yeah, we, the Houghton Hill thing could have went the south. Oklahoma State the court, game, the, the Oklahoma State game, the quarterback, uh, you know, instability and going back and forth between quarterbacks. Connor Williams. There were so many times where I was like, oh man, this thing could go go way off the rails and he could tank the season. He didn't let it tank the season. Give the man credit. He did not let it tank the season. There are a ton of things that now you got to go out there and you potentially could win eight games with yeah. the bowl game. I mean, think about that. We, and as bad as you've been on offense all year. As bad as you've been. Mm-hmm. That Now now we can see the progress. Now, and now through, you can sort of expect to yeah. look better because you do look better you with know? Connor Williams yeah. in a con- just average offensive line makes you not be just putrid where you literally can't do anything because you're on the defensive yeah. schedule every time. So you're starting to see. Now you can see the progress. Right. You're like, oh, I can see the progress now. This team could win eight games because now we, you know, we're, we're still in the bubble, but we lift our heads up and take a and we exhale whew, a little relief and there's perspective. And we go, hold up, we're gonna finish this season with seven wins. What the? I didn't think that was gonna happen mid season. Right. You know, I mean, we're wondering if we're gonna make a bowl game, but that that's uh, I think the perspective that you know, kind of Tom Herman's kind of bringing to the table. Yeah, as an outsider looking in. All right, break time on the show, but when we come back, we're talking more about Texas being bowl eligible and how Tom Herman and company can build on things. From here, you're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. It's one of them deals, Rod, where you, gosh, how like country did I just sound? One of them deals where it one of them deals. It's it's one, it's one of those deals where you know, Rod, like you were talking about when when you, you, you when you look at the kind of the, the whole. Now we can look at the big picture yeah. now that they are bowl eligible. And you mentioned Connor Williams and how good this offense was, and we'll talk about the offense in a minute. But you know, you think ahead, okay, you're missing Connor Williams, so there's still a lot of work to do in the offseason in terms of okay, you can't lose one guy and your offense just completely falls off a cliff. Like you've got exactly. there's there's it's a long way from being done which i don't think people need to mistake uh forward progress for a finished product oh, in no. other words great point um, i like the way you put that so i think i think that needs to be established at the same time though this is what i said last week people want to look at it before it's said and done in terms of black and white it's either this or that mm-hmm. but there's so many shades of gray in a season like this that you got to really wait until the end to to really judge what it was like had yeah. we you know had we looked at Go back to last season. Had we just taken it after the Texas Tech game when they were five and four, going to play West Virginia, we said, "Yeah, we see some things that the defense is getting better and the offense is still scoring points. It's good." And then you go lose your last Rude. three games, including one to Kansas, Kansas, and you have a coaching change. Exactly. So you just gotta wait until you get close to the end. Now that said, and we'll talk about this game here in a little bit. If they go out and lose to Texas Tech, then I don't think anybody's gonna be feeling as good as they were right after the West Virginia game. Yeah. Nope. It's now that there's hope that you, you know, I told you guys this a few years ago I, I look for a redeeming quality in a season when i look mm-hmm. at a texas team um you know what's what's your redeeming quality is there a redeeming quality about you in other words uh did you beat a rival that year something you can hang your hat on or matt said it and I, you know tom herman said it and you can kind of piece it together did you win the games you were supposed to win and really if you swap out maryland and west virginia that's the one then yeah year. they've pretty much won the games they were supposed to win and they've been competitive in the other ones and rod the uh, the, the kind of the terminology you put on it those kind Coyote ugly losses that Charlie Strong had. Yeah. The 20 with the three touchdown, get off the stick losses. Yeah. They haven't had those. Nope, nope. And unless something just goes horrifically wrong against Texas Tech, Tom Herman's not going to have one of those in his yeah. first year. I know the Maryland game ended up looking more respectable than it probably felt, but I, than it probably than it did feel. And you were at least in the TCU game in the second half, and it just kind of got away from you late because you couldn't do anything on offense. But there hasn't been that one game, aside from Maryland, where you just feel like, man, this team is terrible. Mm-hmm. I don't know where this is 
is going. We've now we've had rightful complaints about the offense you know and, 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 and being stagnant over there. But for the most part, this has been a team that has been in every game they've played this season. I, I, I'm going to say this, and long fans are not going to like it, but I, I truly believe that I'm, I'm starting to believe it in my heart. If this team wins eight games, it means they go on, win the rest of the season, and obviously win the bowl game. I'm going to say that they don't get to eight wins unless they lose to Maryland. Yeah, I agree. You know that, what I mean? That was unless really they big. have that sense of urgency to start to see. Because remember, we're in the honeymoon phase with Tom yeah. Herman going into that season. It's the same thing. Like the coaching team helped right, right now for the, this The team. Big 12's got seven bowl teams. Hell, they could end up having eight, depending on if Texas Tech ends up beating Texas or something like that. That's a, that's that's more than any other Power 5 conference. At least there's parity. We don't mm-hmm. know. There's not a lot of you know, good te- great teams in it. Oklahoma's right. only great team really in it. Um, and TCU's a really good team. But it's a lot of parity in this league. And I think it's really possibly that Texas could have went into the Big 12 play overconfident. You know what I mean? And considering the way Iowa State played early, right. I think mm-hmm. now we're looking at that win like, damn, that's kinda, yeah. I don't know how Texas pulled that off early. You know what I mean? Like in K-State and the way, you know I mean? K-State and how they play with it's Bill Snyder football. It's very possible that Texas could have went into these the Big 12 conference schedule kind of, you know, complete, not complacent, but overconfident, feeling themselves a little too much and dropped a couple of more games than they should have dropped and ended up with a seven-win season instead of a, an eight-win season. I mean, that's only if they get to eight wins. Right. Then that means that, to me, they started, there was this sense of urgency all throughout the season, and they just kept fighting. Even though they were losing games and ended up with a losing record at times, that this team just kind of kept fighting. And they're going to fight through the bowl game. Like they, they, To them, it ain't over. Like They're still hungry. Like That's what kept them hungry all season long. And there's you know only I mean? evidence to support it because since that game, like we were saying, they exceeded expectations in every big game. I mean, definitely in USC, OU, and Oklahoma State. Maybe not so much against TCU, but still, like Jeff said, respectable and won every other game, and that's been all the games since that Maryland game. So it's just the evidence that this team showed up since then. It just took – Coaches started coaching hard. Something was real fresh. Right? Yeah, and it was a perfect – Todd Orlando thing. was probably it, like, Honestly, Holy, it's, and we know. talked about it, how it could be a silver lining, but at the time you never, when something is one, really want to experience it that way because it meant, means something really bad had to happen for you to then find out what it then sparked afterward. And well, look you, at the pattern. We all You just yep. agreed the pattern. The teams that are better than Texas, yep. Texas lost too, but they were competitive in those games. Yep. And Texas, the teams that Texas was supposed to beat, they beat, except that Maryland game. Yep, the you know first what I mean? One. That took the, and it was, it was, it was the first moment. one. It was like, so, okay, okay. So I, I can say that this team needed a wake-up call. And it was the first half. They were, they were sleep, not sleepwalking, but they were kind of they were high seven. on life walking into that. They were in the honeymoon phase of that Tom yeah. Herman. He was he had, him not, had pool parties and, and then playing it was a kickball pick six, and, and new and locker boom. rooms. And the whole, you know what I mean, the whole mentality. I think they were just kind of riding high. And they were like, man, we're going to go. We're just going to win because we got Tom Herman and he's the man. He's doing everything. And it's like, nope, you get slapped in the mouth. And I think that was the best thing that ever happened to that group because they went back to work. They were like, all right, you know what? We are we got new locker rooms, but damn, we're still a sucky, terrible football team. We got to go back to work. And they weren't really, in terms of talent, that bad football team. But in terms of their mentality, it was the same old mentality. So they went back. I, I think that blue-collar, right. lunch pail mentality helped them out. Rod, you mentioned coaches coaching harder. And that's where I want to start with the West Virginia game because I felt like this was a game. This was going to be a coach's game. You pretty much knew what, what you had to do to win. We talked about it last week. You're 4-0 when you run the ball at least 40 times. You've got Connor Williams back. You need to shorten the game, limit the exposure of your defense, a defense without Holton Hill in the secondary that we knew without that piece wasn't as good as you've been. You need to limit the reps Will Greer and those guys get. And Rod, up until the fourth quarter when West Virginia finally put a drive together, the game plan went exactly how it needed to go for Texas to win. Yep, that game unfolded did. exactly how it needed With to go. With the weather and everything. Texas control the football. I know I said it last week. Your best game plan is to go with Sam Ellinger because you need the run threat. You're going to need to put drives together on the ground. And it was a it was a game, Rod, where they pounded the rock 42 times, rushing for 233 yards, a lot of that behind the left side of your offensive line mm-hmm. with Connor Williams. But the combination of Connor Williams and Sam Ellinger being back, being healthy, giving us offense a lift. And look, we can talk about Will Greer being out and West Virginia having to go to a backup quarterback. you still got three really productive receivers that you've got to cover. You've got to get off the field on third down. The defense did everything they could until, like I said, that drive in the fourth quarter when West Virginia finally put something together. But at the end of the day, how we talked about last week, how the game needed to unfold. Like, if you told me Texas was going to win, I told you this is how it's going to have to go. It's exactly how it went. Well, it got, I mean, they got the ultimate kind of perfect storm yeah. of circumstances to help them out. It's no about pun time, intended. man, considering Literally. every break this team hasn't gotten <laughs> yeah, this year. Yeah, the rain, the rain, they got the weather that they needed to kind of slow that West Virginia offense down, at least deter them from throwing the football a ton. And then, obviously, in that third series of the game for West Virginia, whatever, the you know, Will Grizz knocked out of the game with a broken finger. And 
that in itself deters the passing game of West Virginia even more. Because it is Shogunov that comes in the game. Is that his name? Shogunov? Shogunov. Shogunov? Shogunov. Shogunov. I'm going to screw it Chug- up. Either way. Shogunov. 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 Whatever. Your colleague uh, at the horn rod, uh, Brad Kellner, calls him Stroganoff. Uh, <laughs> um, but once he comes into the game, then they don't they don't they don't have the threat of the vertical passing game, which they're the best in the country at. That's why they have those three receivers that have such prolific numbers. And then Tyler Lando, which he wants to make a team one dimensional anyway, he takes away the run, makes it one dimensional. The weather, the elements, the Will Greer being knocked out of the game, partly because of that Brandon Jones hustle you talked about, Jeff. So that that basically took West Virginia's offense away and their defense, as we've talked about. It was I mean it's one of the worst in the Big Twelve. And that's they they could yeah. be exposed there in Texas exposed that defense. They ran it right at them. And you know, I think that listen, the 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 plan wasn't to start Sam Elliott. The plan, which was to start Shane Bouchelle. He started right. Shane Bouchelle. Right. The, and I'll give Tom Herman credit for this. And I don't know if he wants to admit it or not. He'll probably say, yeah, well, I'll put, to put him in a third series of a game. And that's exactly how I did it, and it worked out. Um, but, yeah, we never saw Shane Bouchelle again. So I'll say this. I think he started Shane Bouchelle, and I think he, he understands, just like us, that Sam Ellinger gives him the best chance to win. And especially in those circumstances, because Sam's a mutter, and he doesn't need, you know, the weather and the elements don't affect him as much as they affect a guy like Shane. But when Will Greer goes out of that game, and then did the very next series when he put Sam Miller, Sam Ellinger, Ellinger in there. Excuse me. I think he's. I think that's when he's like, you know what? I'm going. Or I'm. I'm going with Sam right now. I'm going with him because now this game, the probability of us winning has flipped in our favor mm-hmm. tremendously. Yeah. The weather and everything is like I don't know. If Will Grizz in there and he's tossing that ball around. You know, hell, man, this thing get out of hand. I'm gonna put Sam in there. You know, I think he was thinking like me. They're saving Sam for Tech. I truly believe he was. But because text a text a text a guarantee. It's not a guaranteed win, but it's the most likely win out of those two. But when Will Greer is out of that game, it totally flips. West Virginia ain't even the same team. And I think once that happened, he was like, you know what, Sam? Go win the game. Go win the game. We can go win this game. Go win the game for us. And it only and, you can help yeah. feed his whole idea that every single week, either quarterback can play. You got to prepare for both of them because then he's in there. He says yeah. he does it. You know, but so. and now Sam's starting versus Tech because we True, all know. Yes. I think he knows. Sam's the best. Yes. He knows that, too, that Sam well, gives him the better the chance to win. There was still the concussion stuff that we like. Exactly. We, were, we had been saying yeah. this whole time, Sam's the best guy, and we expect him to win. And if they're trying to get bowl eligible, they'll try to go out there and play him because he's the guy that gives you the best chance to win. Yeah. Because I think we, we've we come to the conclusion that you know, whichever quarterback Dude. you were going to go with depended on what style of offense you want to run. And the style of offense you need to run with Shane Bouchelle in there, it's not conducive to the personnel you have. This offense, as we've seen, has to be able to run the ball, has to establish itself exactly. on running the football. And the best way to do that is Sam Ellinger's your leading rusher right now. Like he's the leading rusher, I think, in rushing yards. And I mean, think about that. He's a totally different he's offense. Missed, and, he's and, attempts, like, and, and yards and attempts. He's missed like three games. <laughs> it's good to have like functional <laughs> mobility like, in Bouchelle. We enjoyed that he had it last year, but then you, when you watch different teams and just understand that there's a whole second play yeah, advantage man. of every play that really is un- unquantifiable and I think probably outweighs almost any type of skill advantage unless you're just a perfect prototype quarterback that can make every single throw and you don't have to wait. Like, you yeah. see a couple of those, like what, what's his name, Rosen or something. But if you don't have that, you're going to need a dual threat guy in the modern game to win with, football. With Sam Ellinger, Rod, it's kind of the gift of the curse of being a gunslinger the way Sam Ellinger is. Yeah. It's, it's that uh, it's, Sam Ellinger, to me, forward. has some of that irrational confidence Case McCoy had. Oh, but yeah. Sam obviously has a better skill set to make yeah. that translate. But, you know, the thing with and, – and a lot of people are harping on it for the pick six. And don't get me wrong. It was, a, it was an awful decision. It was, it was a ball that never should have been thrown. Trying to throw but away. at the same time, yes, he made a bad decision on that one. But it's the other seven or eight plays he made before that. You're not up 14 nothing unless he makes those plays. And then yeah. there can be a well-intentioned, bad intention. He just misjudged the last second. He's in the middle of throwing that away and can always, with any strength of his arm, throw a ball away. But then at the last second, it's either weigh the sack as I'm being pulled down or do I think I have time? Oh, I made a brain fart and did not have enough time to throw it away because he was trying to throw it into the back of the stands. It's just He's obviously getting pulled down. true freshman. Exactly. That's what happens when true freshmen are starting as your quarterback. That's just the way it is. All of, go watch a true freshman start. Yeah. And he hadn't even started the entire year. They're going to make mistakes like that. We've seen them make mistakes like that. He'll grow out of that. And hell, maybe he won't. Sam Darnold's making some of those decisions even, even yeah. now. That's what I'm saying. NFL pick. Nathan so, Peterman yeah, made five it, of those listen, in the first half. It, it happens. It's not a big deal. Like People are harping on it. If, if he wasn't making plays, if he was like Tom Savage out there, all right, and he's giving away Peterman. fumbles and not actually making any plays, then you got a concern. But like you said, that's what you live with when you have kind of a gunslinger. Listen, the guy caught a pass too. All right, yeah. he literally had, he's responsible for like 220 something yards of receiving, rushing, and throwing the football. 
Joey Harrington in that Holiday Bowl against yeah, you. Yeah, man, right? he's doing everything. So he's, it's the Sam Ellinger show. So you're going to have to deal with some of that, too. It's it's any time, you know, and I'm not comparing him to these guys, but you look at the NFL, the, the Favs and the Roethlisbergers, the guys that have that gunslinger mentality, It's they're going to make a couple plays during a game that make yeah. you go, what the hell was that? It's but wrong. they're going to make you the other five or six plays that get you in the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They're playing up to that it's border. A, it's, a, it's a give and take. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you look at this offense, I just love the fact that, again, the coaches knew what they had to do to win. They knew the path to victory, and they followed it. And we're seeing now that, yeah, when they have, when when all things are equal for these running backs, and they've got room to work, and even though Kyle Porter had probably the best game he's had since he's been he in Texas, yeah. man, Danny Young and Tennille Carter just give you a different kind of burst, a different kind of juice, yeah. something different than the two veterans give you. I mean, yeah. No, I, I actually, the last couple of games, I mean, I've the, the offensive game plan has not been um, totally void of creativity and innovation. I mean, I I love that in the Kansas play. We talked Kansas game. We talked about how we love the play to Cade Brewer. The you know the RPO yeah. kind of run pass option with the, the right delayed out, release the there. Point, delayed and then release, you yeah. see, yeah, you see another one with Chris Warren, right? Uh, right, you know, kind of right up the gut. He kind of fakes like he's coming in to block uh, in the interior, and then boom, he goes off on a route. And I I, I like those. Those are great concepts, man. That mm-hmm. really with a guy like Sam Ellinger in there, they're almost indefensible if he reads it correctly. I mean, because you yeah. have to defend him and his running ability. I mean, you got to one point where West Virginia, they just rushed one guy and dropped back 10 guys, I mean, to coverage. <laughs> it's just like, we know he's going to run. He's just going to run when the play breaks down, and then he's going to find some seam. But he's really, really good at that when the play breaks down. That's his X-Man ability. So, I mean, I think teams will start game planning for it, but he'll evolve his game and become more of a seasoned pocket passer. But this offense and this team is better with Sam Ellinger in there because he is great in chaos, and there's a lot of chaos on this offense. Right. You know what I mean? Because they don't really have a, a system that they can rely on or that kind of dynamic um, game-breaking talent to rely on. And being great in chaos is literally maybe the one attribute that I would say is the most like important to being a quarterback. Like There might not be a better quality, I'd want to oh, yeah. say, than to be great during chaos. Because ease in it. Yeah. you are literally under chaos and under duress the whole time and have to make good decisions. Yeah. So if that's something he excels in, it would be just amazing. And then when you talked about just the creativity of the offense and you had just brought up the pass back to Ellinger uh, go back and look it was like maybe three run plays before or three plays before something yeah. like that exact same run play that you see that's yep. setting it up so then you could see he almost sold that shoulder too much that he was faking the run to then throw it back but it was just something that you could see the seed being planted multiple times earlier in the game it was like oh I remember seeing something that looked just like that but then they did that that's yeah. awesome and how about them using Gerard Hurd to actually throw it back mm-hmm. hey, a, 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 next, a former quarterback to throw it at wide receiver. Yeah. Oh man, that makes a lot of sense too. So right. maybe, and I know, like you said, it's it's microscopic. It's uh, you know, Theobacillus, if you will. Like it's it's the tiniest bacterium of you know progress. But I'm starting to see a little bit on offense. I want to see some things I like on offense. Yeah. Uh, to Matt's point, though, Matt, you brought it up. How you know, kind of using plays to set up the Brian Harson theory. We talk about you're going to run this this counter tray nine times because I'm going to set up something off of it to yeah. take a shot or whatever. We're starting to see more that creativity that was lacking some of that the just kind of the common sense stuff to football that's been lacking in this offense and rod to our, to our point about the run game we, your favorite stat is the now they're five and oh when they've run the ball at least 40 times hey. that makes it all the more maddening in games where they just abandon the run altogether yeah but we got to remember williams wasn't there no i get that no I, i'm saying I that, that i really think that's a huge impact on that no i'm not it i'm not saying so, but that's why this, i'm not that's i'm not saying it's not i'm not saying it's but they not, were the stats but still, then it makes sense to abandon it if it's not working the, the stat was still but we're, we're, evident when they were without Williams and yeah. they still weren't it, it seems to be a mold there yeah. you know I mean a yeah. blueprint saying there. you you didn't yeah. there were times where you didn't even give yourself a chance to exactly. see if you could establish it yeah you know and, and and that goes back to it taking them so long to to realize the two freshmen were the two best backs they have but yep. this is all stuff now I said this after the TCU game I expected the offense to be stagnant against TCU because you were facing a really good defense really but good these defense. last three games were really where okay we're really going to see if this thing between Tom Herman and Tim Beck, if it can work. Are there signs that show us that it can work? And guys, let's face it, the Kansas game was not yeah. that impressive No, offensively. Yeah, you had that burst at the beginning. The we first saw a quarter. few things here and there that we liked, yeah. but the West Virginia game, that's kind of what I think they've envisioned the offense to look like all year. And Tim Beck said in his press conference this week, he's like, hey, it's a lot easier to call plays when you can run the football, which again makes it more maddening Then why don't you try to establish the run in spots where you maybe should run the ball. It's just, it's just things 
things that, you know, as we talk about this team is growing, they're making progress. Hopefully the staff is making progress and they learn from year one that, okay, this is who we are. Let's not try to be something we're not. This is what we are. Just just like, Rod, you were talking about defensively. You know, yep. Todd Orlando, it's it's almost like the person that's, that's got, this is my morning routine. I get up and I go get my coffee and then I shower and I shave and I yep. get ready. Todd Orlando's routine is we got to stop the run. Well, West Virginia's not a great running team. So what? We got to make sure we can stop the run. Yep. If I know we can stop the run, everything, everything else in the playbook falls open. into play. Right. Yeah, I agree. So regardless of how good or bad they are at running the football, if you can stop the run, if yeah. you're Todd Orlando, it's almost like here's a security blanket. Like, all right, I know we can stop the run. Now let's go do everything else. Well, because I, I think at one point you realize the identity of your team. Say offensively, they didn't realize what their identity was, and we know they still may not know. And a lot of that is because they is don't the identity have that of this offense game. Connor Williams? Um, it, it may be. I mean, it may like, just be like I'm, built I'm around him. I'm thinking it is. Yeah. Um, but when you throughout the season, you got to figure out what the identity of your team is. How you're winning football games, and this team was winning football games with ex- ex- great punting, like some all-time great punting. I'm talking about all-time greats. Uh, so field position and hidden yardage, and with defense, that defense was actually scoring points and winning games for them. Mm-hmm. And for this offense to not figure it out, like all right, well, we just got to run so we can aid our defense and keep them fresh in the Big Twelve, so we can control some of the clock, so we can keep these offenses off field. So you know, I mean, we can yeah. win games that way. And along, you know, obviously following along with the running the ball at least forty times, and then being five and zero there. I think they got they, they just weren't creative enough to figure it out how they could run the ball. They were kind of being, in my opinion, they were being lazy. They were letting that system kind of cripple their creativity um, yeah. and constipate their creativity. Now you're seeing, and maybe it's just out of necessity. They're like, all right, you know what? Chris Warren, man, you got to go to H back over there, man. You being on the field is good because teams worry about you. They will key on you in one way or the other, but you can't be the focus of our running game in a traditional running game anymore. You don't really fit that type of mold for us. Yeah. All right, so we'll find other ways to use them. And I think they started to do more of that. Now you're starting to use that personnel wiser. You see the the, the, the wide receiver throwback to Ellinger. At least it was done with a freaking wide receiver that used to be a quarterback. It's, we said it was small things. We, we yeah. said it was little tiny well, I mean, things you could do, little adjustments here and there that would help. The, and they're throwing the ball deep more. Oh, there you go. Just taking shots. Well, Have you noticed that? They're just taking random shots downfield. Like, all right, one-on-one, screw it. Let's just throw it down. Let's just throw it deep. And we were like, man, just throw it deep. Yeah, mm-hmm. If you got a one-on-one, you got receivers, all of them are 6'3 or taller, just throw the damn ball deep. You know what I mean? And they weren't doing enough of that. So now you're starting to see it's just little things. It, it's not, it ain't rocket science. And I think they were overthinking it. Now they're getting to know their personnel a little bit more. And I think they've, they've given up some of their commitment to that system. It's like, all right, man, we got football players out here. Elling is a football player. Lil Jordan Humphrey's a football player. Let's identify the ballers. We got these new young running backs now. Daniel Young to New Carter. They got a little bit more burst so they can get to the second level um, a little bit quicker. So the offensive line don't have to hold their blocks as longer. These little things add up. They start adding up. And then, oh, what do you know? Your offense looks like it has rhythm. Yeah. A little bit of a vibe. You can start You can start seeing yeah. like, oh, you can start seeing the thought process of an offensive coordinator. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I think I know why he did that because they've been having success running on the left side with Connor Williams. So they kept running there. There you go. That made a lot of sense. And then you know toward, I mean? like finding your personnel, like you said, with the young running backs lately yeah. has been really big. And then that's also why I think that we saw for a good five-game stretch that offense had been reduced to being the QB run game because you were limited. You didn't have either you as the fault of the coaches were not identifying which backs were the best to go in or you felt most confident in adding the extra blocker and having Sam who runs like a running back do it until you realized it's not sustainable in concussion you probably knew that on the front end but you needed to win football games so you're just going to let your football player go play football all right time out here on the show but when we come back we're talking more about the Texas win over West Virginia and the Longhorns moving on being bowl eligible you're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com this is Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. Rod, this is one of those deals that if it's it's an either or deal. Like if you're if you're not having success and you start making all these personnel changes, you're desperate. But if you're having success and then you make personnel changes, you're creative. Yeah. Like let's Todd look Orlando. at look, look look at look at the exactly. Yeah. That's where I was going on defense. Like look at Todd Orlando through the years. At some point he realized, you know what? I gotta have more speed on the field. And then I asked him the question in his press conference this week. What's one thing he's because he he's one game away from completing a Big Twelve season. I asked him, what's the one thing yeah. you learned about 
this conference that matched up or didn't match up with your your expectations, your assumption. And he said the amount of NFL talent at the skill positions in this league and the amount of speed in this league offensively is insane. And it's like yeah. nothing anywhere else in the country. Yeah. So at some point he realized early in conference play, you know what? We got to have more speed on the field. I need I need Hager on the field more. I, mm-hmm. I got to have Gary Johnson running around too. And he's found a role for Jason Hall. Yep. And these pieces have worked, man. Hager's playing really well. Gary Johnson was Big 12 co-defensive player well, of the week. Bonnie was playing well before J- they put yeah, him too. Jason Hall. Jason Hall's had two really good back-to-back games now. Yep. So you're seeing the pieces fit. But offensively, they didn't even make those quote-unquote desperate moves that would you know be the sign of a team that's struggling making desperate moves. They just kind of kind of stuck with what they had until really they were forced to make a change. They never adapted. And I, and I go back you to I go back to and I'm not speaking ill of Tom Herman. I'm just saying I, I, I don't know if it's stubbornness or just you believe in a plan. But offensively, the thing is, yeah, why don't you try things when what you are trying or obviously what you have tried isn't working? It's not effective. So no, I, I guess what I'm saying that. is we didn't spring, we didn't see so. any of that in the spring no, or in we didn't camp. See that like any any position moves or just kind of tinkering Hell, with this here. We didn't even see common sense moves. Let's be honest. True. Gerard heard at third. I guess I was yeah. thinking of them so we were lacking common sense. Slate. When you so, come into a place though, because he said he didn't look at film, you know. So if you come in, which, you would think that he's putting them in the uh, positions that he they fit best. No, that's a good point. I'm just saying they still lack some. They lack true, some common true, sense and they lack creativity. If, well, if we're playing this game about what he what you could have done to change positions, it's like it sort of seems like with Herman the way he approached the entire roster was not look at what they were and see what players he has and then see where they fit. Oh no, I agree. But you still can move around players just based oh, on what you've learned from the spring on. Yeah. You know, Lil Jordan Humphrey, like I said, you met, you've, been, you've been misusing him or underutilizing him oh, all year sure. long. And you should you should have figured that out through the first two or three games. Like, okay, you know what? I can use this guy. This guy could be a matchup nightmare for teams. Mm-hmm. Nope, I never saw that. He's, he's playing wide receiver or he's just playing in the, the wildcat. That's it. If you, you didn't I mean? like if you didn't like Chris Warren, which clearly we said after the SC game, this staff just must not like Chris Warren. Get the two freshmen ready. Yeah, you should have done the, that. Give them the camp reps. Yeah. Oh, I like the Chris Warren H back thing. It took too long, but I like it. I like the You move. know, there's it's just you know what I mean? It, it you can it just took too long. Yeah, it, you can you can all you can almost give the staff a pass. It's tough to give you give your staff a pass at Texas, but year one, you give them a year to kind of sort everything out and figure it out. I gave Charlie, we all gave Charlie a year, said, oh, it's the first year. They got to figure some things out. <laughs> it's just they didn't do a really good job of adjusting, you know, to the stuff they did figure out the first year. They just kind of either forgot it or didn't build he on said it or Charlie whatever. Charlie was operating as city. if he had a lot of time. Remember yeah, that? and I don't think Tom Herman's operating like he's got a lot of time. No, but, no, I'm, I'm but saying Charlie was. Um, it's funny you bring up the first year because when we were having the conversation earlier about this year, it started to really remind me because we were talking oh, yeah. about all the defensive players that may be the ones leaving, which were the Hickses and all those guys, the Diggses and those guys we talked about before, but then even look at the way that the offensive line issues early, just a total impotent offense, yet somehow you get to become bowl eligible. But then we were talking about how bowl eligibility would be something that you hopefully can use for a springboard. Yeah. That offseason, no change was made. The way with this conversation right now about the idea to foresee what needs to be done and make those changes, and hopefully at least now with a full offseason uh, off of knowing some type of personnel, they won't mimic the same mistakes that we saw from the previous staff following one year when you had those bowl practices, didn't do anything, didn't get rid of the offense, and then brought it back and then fired it all in. And yeah, Rod, that's that's one thing I wanted to bring up because you can refresh my memory on this. It seemed like Charlie and those guys didn't really take advantage of the bowl practices. Like, we didn't hear about yeah. – it was almost like, eh, we got these bowl practices. Like, um, I think it's, it seems like Tom Herman and the staff, they're looking at these bowl practices like they're worth their weight in gold. Well, they are. I mean – Which know, is how you should look at them. It just didn't – Well, that might be just be a shift thing that, like, literally the way we talk about how detail-oriented this staff is compared to the issues yeah. before were details. Just, so maybe unintentionally, I mean, they still had the same amount of practice were working, but maybe weren't valuing it as the way other coaches may value how valuable that time is whenever you – basically, if you're one of the poor and you do not get that chance, you get to have a better advantage of just staying poor. Like, you don't get that right. advantage of being the three weeks of practice. So some coaches yeah. may value it much more. All, all I'm saying is it just seemed like there was no sense of urgency from Charlie and that staff during those bowl practices to implement change or build on change. It seems like this staff is looking at it like, okay, 2018 starts now. Like, once the Texas Tech game is over, 2018 starts, and we got we to gotta build offensive line depth. We got to get, you know, if we do lose guys, we got to get guys in the secondary ready. And, Rod, not to look too far ahead, but you talk about if you lose a Malik Jefferson, if you lose a, a Deshaun Elliott. I think you should operate as prob- if you are going to lose Right, him. you're probably going to lose a whole bunch. I think that's how yes. you approach the you've ball got, You've got a chance Playing to have a— some real you've, young guys. Yep. You've got a chance, though, to have a veteran starting secondary to get them ready now because your secondary yeah. for the first sprint snap of spring in 2018 could— 
could be Devontae Davis and Chris Boyd at the corners, exactly. which are going to be your corners for the yep. last game in the bowl game. Yep. You keep Brandon Jones at safety. Gary you re- Johnson, replace yeah. replace uh, Deshaun Elliott with John Bonney, who was in a starting spot before Brandon Jones slapped him and took his job. And then P.J. Locke at the nickel, who will be healthy for bowl practices. Yeah, so really, right. you can start, go ahead and start, hey, let's go ahead and build this 2018 secondary right now. And, just, and, and unlike Manny Diaz, and, un, and well, Manny Diaz did have Kenny Vaccaro and Quandre Dix coming back, mm-hmm. but uh, and unlike Vance Bedford, you're not having to like find walking on safeties to go start. Like you've got guys that have that have reps and then have experience to step in. Malik Jefferson's your rover, he's gone. Well, then it's a good thing Gary Johnson's been playing so dang well because you just plug him in yeah. to that role and then let Ed Freeman and Anthony Wheeler battle it out for the other spot, and boom, go. You're off and running. Well, a D tackle too. Point of four is gonna be leading. That's gonna be so the big you one. need to that's gonna be the big one. You need to try to figure that out too. Yes, yeah, so I agree. I think can, what can Jamari Chisholm give you? Can yeah. Chris Nelson go play? I the think nose? Matt was right though. I think it's all about the coach. I mean, I think it's yeah. the I think Tom Herman's had a sense of urgency to a certain extent since he's come in here. Not as he hasn't had as much of a sense of urgency about making personnel moves on the offense or making changes offensively. But in terms of when he's coming in here, like to revamp the locker rooms and to, you know, renovate different things and to bring in a support staff, all that kind of stuff. So I think for the macro look at the program, he approaches those bowl games probably how you just mentioned about the particulars. All right, if I'm losing if I'm losing a lot of guys, let's prepare for that during this bowl game. Um, you know, what I mean, like different things yeah. of that nature. So I, I think that it's all about how the coach, what the mentality of the coach is. And and Charlie Strong operated with no sense of urgency at all. I mean, in terms of making changes uh, to the offense or making changes on his staff or making changes to the program. He just operated like he was very nonchalant. Like, oh, I got time. And we yeah. said that on the show. I've said that plenty of times. I said that back then. So <laughs> I can say that now. We were saying as it happened. Yeah, I was like, man, he, he must got a lot of time because he's operating as if, you know, he's got he's got five years guaranteed. Tom Herman, I think, will go into the bowl practices, and I think you'll see that that you'll feel that sense of urgency. I should say, right? Um, with the bowl, I mean, they need it. That's, that's time, guys. Time is something the NCAA limits, and now you've basically been awarded time, rewarded time because of you you get make getting the six win, uh, extra time. Anything from left over from West Virginia that you guys want to hit on? I, I thought Connor Williams again offensively, Rod. It's amazing how much better everything around him looked. Right. Terrell Cooney played one of his better games. We saw Kendall Moore. Uh, make some plays. Chris Warren at H back getting out there and doing some things in, in the blocking game. That's why I said, I mean, when we talk about the identity of this offense, maybe it wasn't the quarterback position or the run game. Maybe all along the identity of your offense was Connor Williams. It's very possible. Uh, it's very, we just overlooked him. We overlook offensive linemen all the time. And we were talking about how great he was, obviously. And he's but it's not, be a, first well, and we did it's not point a sexy out. position and there's no stats you can correlate to. I mean, we can look at pro football focus grades and things like that, but there's no uh, but it's touches, hard to equate though. something tangible to the success to one offensive lineman being kind of your identity. I mean, we, we, we've said that he's the best player on the offense and best player on the team, but yeah, I remember I don't think... though when I came in and charted literally pre-injury to post-injury, I said the entire offense changed immediately when Connor Williams, it's on video, go watch that post one. I like, I charted it all and said right there, we just changed to now we're going to just run Ellinger and it sort of just proved that it was the identity shift. We couldn't run with the running back. We quit doing that and went straight to running the quarterback. Yeah. Well, he's our best running back. Yeah. By the way. Sam Ellinger. So that's identifying talent. He's the best running back. They he is. adapted. And that's he's, your best, pretty good. he's your best running back. I'm in the minority, but I don't think it might have been as bad as some. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, just like think it, I just think you could have done a better job. It's just, I, oh, yeah, I you could do yeah. a better job for sure. I just, I just, I mean, as good as Connor Williams is, I don't think you're, I mean, it's, it's similar to the Cowboys, right? Like, is Tyron Smith that good to where your offense yeah. just completely craps Apparently the bed? Apparently it is. You're talking about the second best. The two weeks? Yeah, I did. I compared Unfortunately, those yes. on my show. Like, yeah, you're right about that because I think that offensive line has been the second or third best offensive line in the league or even the best offensive line in the league for the last three or four years. It comes to the Cowboys offensive mm-hmm. line. And Tyron Smith hadn't missed a ton of time. He missed so uh, he missed one, two games, and you see that offensive line give up historic sacks. quarterback pressure and sacks. Yeah. I took one guy, by the way, who admitted he only had one move yeah. in that game. Adrian Claiborne said, I had one move, dude. That's all I did. I used one move on him. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I, so I agree. I, it, it's weird, but yeah, I agree that maybe maybe Tyron Smith is the most important Dallas Cowboy, and maybe Connor Williams is the identity of the we Texas knew he offense. Was, we knew who's the most important player, but I mean, I guess it's just all a matter of you yeah. know how how much you want to gauge the, the level, how much you want to quantify in terms of a number value the importance of, of one guy. So on the maybe, offense, maybe, line, yeah, maybe it, maybe it was higher than we. It's thought. just because yeah. we can't have numbers right, to kinda, be able to back well, up thank you. Uh, what we're saying. You, you know what I mean? Right there what I was Deontay Foreman is like, oh, Deontay Foreman, two thousand yards, of course he's the best player. And then it's like uh, a wide receiver, Jordan Shipley, you know, gets ridiculous numbers. Like, oh, Jordan Shipley, look at the numbers. He's the best player on the field. Uh, Cole McCoy, he's got numbers. 
numbers with offensive linemen. There are no numbers. Well, and there are no is, numbers to be able to quantify his impact. And this is a good thing to talk about numbers because now we basically in sports have always associated certain stats mean success, which they really don't indicate success. And all I do for a living is look at numbers and try <laughs> to indicate where the success came from. And in football, it's offensive line versus defensive line. It's the first place you start because it's going to indicate which one's successful or not. But it's the same way when you look and dissect something like, say, basketball. Look at Joel Embiid all game, all season long. He's been quite consistent. What happens when he plays a horrible defense against Biggs? He has one of the best games in the history of basketball yeah. against the Lakers because the situation is very bad for him. What happens? It isn't as if the Cowboys got horrible, but if you can't block one guy that's blowing up the entire offense, it really negates and it skews the success. So the better way to look at numbers instead of just at the stats, you can go and look at different dispersions like in basketball, something like usage. But in, say, football, you can easily look at pressures and pressures allowed. Look at little things like that because then that's going to indicate if they're going to be under pressure. All right, that means blitzes are going to be thrown underneath to tight ends to running backs aren't going to be on time. But then if it's going to be something where you get time, it's going to be some situation where you're throwing down the field so your normal threats are going to be there. But also then you may indicate, oh, that if they're really good at run blocking, though, they're not even going to need to pass and throw. So if you're a big favorite, you're going to run. So it just sort of there are certain areas that the entire game originates from. And despite them not having numbers that are production numbers, there are quantifiable metrics that you can follow to find these type of things. But you, only a f- numbers freak like you yes, don't look into but it. But th- that's yeah. the thing that but you can start yeah. to look into them. You can't tweet can, them out. Can we no. agree on can we agree on this? Yes, not 140 characters. Can we agree on this? Had Connor Williams been healthy the whole year, not to say that this offense would have been one of the best in the Big 12 all year because it clearly still had issues. The staff would have been able quicker to identify their issues and would have made the move, let's say, to the two freshmen back earlier. Oh, yeah. Or Sam Ellinger earlier. They would have not, they would have had a quicker process to go to those other moves that we've seen made because Connor Williams would have solidified things more. Connor Williams gives you more margin for error. And if, yeah. uh, whether it be more on options. the offensive line, whether it be at the quarterback position, um, our wide receivers, because they'll have more time to get open and get separation. Mm-hmm. The reverberating butterfly effect of him being so dominant from what Dan right. Neal tells me. You're talking about a guy that may be the best old lineman in the history of Texas football. Like, he's that Saying good. a lot. Like, no, 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 no. That's kind of right. that's what kind of praise my man Dan Neal heaps upon him. You, if you're talking about that kind of player, then you're talking about a guy that literally can make – He made, we saw him make the offensive line better. We saw him make the running game better. We, you know the uh, wide receivers have more time to get open because the protection is better with him. Quarterbacks will play better. I mean, that's like, – like that's, that's crazy to think right. that one guy can make everybody on that team better, but that's how damn good Connor Williams is. And I didn't really – I feel bad because as a football guy, I'm supposed to be able to explain how good he is too, but it's hard to quantify it. And I didn't realize he was that he was that impactful until I watched him in West Virginia and I watched that old line all year without him and then watched him with West, on the West Virginia yeah. game. And I was like, holy Chicago, man, this dude is unreal. He's ready for the league right now. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like he's the he's the best tackle I might have seen in, in college football. All right. It is time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven. And we will do that when we come back and close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horn. 247.com. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. Overhanging trees present a real danger. During high winds, falling branches can damage roofs and windows. So today, I'll show you how to protect your home by wrapping it in bubble packaging. All you need is a staple gun and 142,000 feet of bubble packaging. Let's get started. You could try to protect your home with bubble packaging, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Call GEICO and see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you save $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. What makes a holiday card unforgettable? Personality. And no one makes it easier or more affordable to create a holiday card full of personality than Vistaprint. Right now, get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That means 30 cards start at less than $15. With hundreds of stunning designs, your personality will shine through with every card you send. Just go to Vistaprint.com today and enter the promo code HOLIDAY to get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code HOLIDAY. 
Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirror bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Loans are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. I was making great progress on building my savings, but then I get hit with an unexpected car repair bill. Keeping a close eye on my credit score allowed me to buy my first house, but an unexpected medical emergency set me back. When the unexpected happened, Avant was there to help. If you need to borrow $2,000 to $35,000, try Avant. It's fast, simple, and transparent. Everything is done online. There are no prepayment fees and no collateral is required. And you can instantly check your rate with no impact to your credit score. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. And now, Avant will give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your rates and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 5252 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 5252. Go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 5252. Men, if you're like me, you appreciate the feeling of a clean, smooth shave from a quality blade. The sort of shave that cuts clean without the burn. So why are you messing around with generic razors that cost 32 bucks for an 8-pack when you can shave with Harry's high-quality German-engineered blades for half the price? And because Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades, they'll send you their most popular set, complete with a razor, one of their world-famous blades, shaving cream, and post-shave balm for free if you cover shipping. A total value of $20 at no cost to you with code 0404 at checkout. Their way of saying thank you for trying them. How is Harry's able to save you all this money and still give you the best shave you'll ever enjoy? By owning the factory that manufactures the blades. That's how. Go to harrys.com now and enter code 0404 at checkout to claim your free trial set and post-shave balm. That's harrys.com. Code 0404. What makes a holiday card unforgettable? Personality. And no one makes it easier or more affordable to create a holiday card full of personality than Vistaprint. Right now, get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That means 30 cards start at less than $15. With hundreds of stunning designs, your personality will shine through with every card you send. Just go to Vistaprint.com today and enter the promo code HOLIDAY to get 50% off all custom holiday cards. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code HOLIDAY. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. All right, Matt, thanks for everything, man. Oh, you're more than welcome. Rod, we appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at 1049thehornhornfm.com, AM 1260, our lovely, our wonderful radio partner. And you can get this podcast each and every week on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. And thanks to Matt, you can get us on iTunes, TuneIn, and any podcast app. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.